Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark. For the final time in 2022, happy Boxing Day, Merry Christmas, as always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? Parker, can I just tell you that I, I missed you? I missed everyone here. Uh, I know we didn't do a show last week because you were busy. I was out of town. So it has been two weeks, so we've got a lot to catch up on, but really quickly... Merry Christmas to you and all your colleagues and your family as well. And uh, as you know, I bear, I got out to LA. I got out to California. It was perfect. I left as the snow started and I came back as I guess all the snow got got uh, washed away. And in the middle of that, uh, was it, spent five days in Disneyland, California. So I cannot complain. I'll put it that way. Yeah, you, you dodged a few bullets, I will say. It was, uh, yeah, it was an absolute disaster out here over the last week or so, but... Uh, and there's there's now zero trace of it after the yes. rain of the last couple of days. It looks just like any other Vancouver day. Um, yes. You would never know the amount of pain that, <laughs> that the area had. Um, but no, we how had, were your two uh, weeks? How were your two weeks? My two weeks were good. Um, yeah. Had good uh, Christmas with the family and, and everything over the last uh, last couple of days. So can't mm-hmm. complain uh, here as well. And yeah, I mean, two weeks where we we haven't uh, you know we haven't really talked because uh, uh, yeah. Uh, obviously you were away. I was, we were, th- I was thinking about doing something last Monday. Uh, and then obviously the Canucks, I think was a seven 30 start and they got killed. Uh, so I was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's take it easy. Um, but they do get a couple of wins this last week, which is what yeah. we'll focus on more yes. so than, uh, the pain of the week prior. Yeah. They, it's a weird in the last two weeks, Parker, I'm looking, they played only five games. So, you know, it always seems like the Canucks play all these games and they're always ahead and we're waiting for other teams to catch up. It's nice that the shoe's on the other foot, so to speak. So when you're looking at the playoff race, if you still want to do that, they actually have games in hand on other teams and that rarely happens. And that's because they've played five times in the last, uh, what, 17, 18 days. <laughs> yeah, they have had a lot of time off. Um yeah, and it's it is weird to look at the standings and think, oh well, maybe they have a chance. But you look at like the odds makers, and they're like, no, no, True. they're they're done. Um, but we'll of course get to that as well. Uh, we do have a, uh, a looks like a Christmas donation from Lucas. Thank you very wow. much, uh, Lucas, with the twenty saying, going to say this despite some unfortunate things happened. Uh, twenty twenty two was his best year personally. Awesome. Uh, entered your thirties, uh, getting recognized on the uh, by the team by the Jumbo Shroud. Yeah, that's great. Uh, oh, that's good. Excellent. Thank you, thank very you much, Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, and thank you for the donation, not just tonight, Lucas, but for your support throughout the year and everyone. And, and we're not gonna. It's not like we're going anywhere next week, but it, it is the last, as Parker mentioned, the last show of the year. So we're not doing any best of or recap, but it is. It's always a chance to take pause and just uh, you know be thankful for this this community and the fact that we're still going strong on here. So Lucas, thank you, and thanks mm-hmm. to everyone who's uh, been supporting us uh, for I guess a year and a half now, which is awesome. Yeah, almost two years in April, yeah. which is crazy. Pretty, pretty um, cool. All right, where what are we? What are we? Where do we start tonight? Because yeah, the Canucks haven't played in three days. Uh, they do play tomorrow night. Um, you know, every, I, there was the World Juniors that started today, not yeah. in a great way for Canada, uh, but was was some. I mean, just entertaining hockey, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, but where where should we where should we begin? Well, I evening? think you know I always say this, and maybe you, you set me up for the softball. We are Canucks after dark, not Canada after dark. But I think we should talk about the World Juniors in a bit. 
because they, there's some Canucks players, there's some NHL players, but maybe we could probably blow through the because I can't remember now the the shootout win over Calgary on the 14th, and I certainly don't want to win. No. Remember the five one losses back to back. I don't know about you. You don't no. talk about those at all. No, nope. yeah. we can skip all that. Uh, <laughs> Canucks. I mean, same story, right? Canucks win on the road, they lose two games at home. That was the that was the the epitome of those three games. But but we should just start with the games from last week, the ones that are somewhat fresh in our memory, the back-to-backs. Yeah. Uh, Canucks Kraken on Thursday, and then Canucks Oilers on Friday. Now, I think you're in a good position. Well, I was out of town for both these. I was able to catch both games. No, the Thursday night game, I watched um, uh, I watched live. Actually, I, I streamed from my hotel room, took the kids to California. I said... Kids, I have some priority. No, I, I didn't say that, but I basically, I was wiped out by that old man, right? So I, I uh, Gail and I watched the game in the hotel room. That was kind of cool. And then Friday night, I did not watch. But uh, so at least I, I was able to to catch up a little bit. But you were at the game on Thursday, it sounds like. Yep, I was at the game. Uh, yeah. Going into uh, the Canucks, uh, again, undefeated against the Kraken all time coming into this one, which was nice. And um, But yeah, it's... Uh, it was a game that had a, a, a not a great start, pretty slow burn first period, bad second period, and then really the last basically hour of my the, the time there, uh, from like nine o'clock to ten o'clock. That was the that was prime time um, yes. for this game. So yeah, we get uh, Jared McCann scoring against his former team. Classic. Uh, By the way, when he scores, when he scores, Parker, do you do you, out of ten? Do you have any not remorse, regret? Do you recall no. that he got drafted the same year as Vertan and they're both gone? Do any of that? No, not at okay. all. Because uh, yeah. he wasn't very good here. Correct. Right? Like, like yeah. he just wasn't. Um, yeah. But he scored. He scored four of his last five games now, which is uh, uh, good for him. But uh, so they they open the scoring and then uh, Lane Peterson ties it up. His first as a Canuck. That that nice little uh, oh, Patterson sweet. saucer pass over to. Peterson to P- P- Peterson. It's so hard. Uh, Peterson uh, sort of taps it in. Uh, so Canucks get out of the first period tied at one. It was a pretty even first period, but okay. pretty uninspired. I would have yeah. said. If, uh, yeah, you were telling me before we press record where your seats were. So that means that Peterson goal is right in front of you then, right on right, that corner, right in front of you. Yeah. Hey, look, that was a pretty skilled goal. And I liked how Peterson was saying about Peterson that he's easy to play with because he has a lot of skill. And, man, I, I, maybe we're going to revisit this in a little bit, the, especially if we can re-sign Ethan Bear. But Bear and Peterson for a fifth overall – I mean, sorry, fifth overall, fifth-round pick, that could turn out to be a really good trade for the Canucks. Yeah, it's – I mean, it really is looking nice at this yeah. point, right? We're talking about a guy who – in Lane Peterson, to go off a tangent here, but he's got yeah. 17 goals in 18 games in the what? AHL. Yeah, like he's – he is scoring every single night in Abbotsford, uh, wow. 24 points, 17 goals, only seven assists, um, and somehow only a plus three. Maybe he's really good on the power play. So he's like their uh, version of Bo Horvat, basically. <laughs> yeah, potentially. And uh, yeah, and then he comes here. I mean, now he's got two points in four games here. That's good. Uh, he's one point off of a career high, uh, which is <laughs> which is pretty good. And yeah, you look at his, his last year in, in San Jose where he had two points, but was a minus 16, 29 hockey games. Not yeah. great, but uh, he was only 25 years old, right? He was undrafted, but you know we're talking about a, a 25-year-old player and Ethan Bear for a fifth-round pick. I, I mean, you could easily turn the two of them around and and have improved on your your haul at that point. Wow, wow, so good, awesome. So one-one, you're saying evenly played, but not the most exciting period of hockey. Fair to no. say, 
Okay. Nothing too, nothing too excited. And then the Canucks decide to allow two goals in ten seconds. Again, <laughs> right in front of me. Um, it's an Oliver Bjorkstrand goal, Daniel Sprong goal. Uh, so the, yeah, two goals in ten seconds. The life is gone from the building. Everyone's just like, oh, okay. Uh, and then Elise Pettersson makes it interesting, right? He, he gets his fourteenth from Shen Kuzmenko. This is the tip. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that shot was sort of like right at him, and he kind of like put a stick here and chop down uh, outstanding tip um yes. and it's three two yep. and then they would add another one uh the crack and wenberg would score to make it four two after two periods yeah you know i if i remember the borkstrand that was uh wasn't that the giveaway from mikhaev um and then it went the other or maybe that was the mechanical one of them mikhaev kind of did a blind pass back to the middle yeah it was a it was a two-on-one that yeah. borkstrand one then the sprung one what was that again Oh, yeah, off the off the faceoff. So you know what's weird, Parker? I was remembering this. It's ten seconds between goals, yet there was still time to get a because that was off a faceoff in the, the connect zone. Man, yeah, man, so they man. just got in and and turn that. Right. Oh yeah, that then, that McCann. Wait, am I going crazy? Was the McCann goal the one from outside of the zone, or was that in the Edmonton game? No, no, you're right. That was yeah, that, that was McCann. I yes. forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, what was um, the reaction when you saw that? <laughs> Uh, we, we just sort of looked like me and my buddies over there. We just sort of looked at each other. We're like, um, mm, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Um, and but, I do remember the Wenberg goal, Martin, because, uh, and we talked about this, Martin plays quite aggressively uh, yeah. outside of his crease. I remember he was being very aggressive and he was kind of sliding left to right in the puck. He, he, I noticed Martin gives up a lot of rebounds too, not just because of his loud pads, but that was one where he made a save. It kind of dropped in front of him. And then the Seattle Kraken player made a really nice pass. Martin's going this way. And then basically Wenberg had the open net. Yeah. Yeah. So after two, it's four, two, and, and the spirits are pretty low at Rogers yep. arena. People aren't, people aren't thinking that, uh, that's going too well. Um, we do get though, five minutes into the third period, we get a little Andre Kuzmenko goal. Uh, and that was uh, what happened there. That was the the sweet pass from Lane Peterson, mm -hmm. um, where it went from Peterson across to Peterson, all the way back across to Kuzmenko, and it yeah. he misses it, and it's a hard pass, and it hits his skate. He's able to sort of shovel it in wide open net on you know Martin Jones, not the best goalie, but an impossible <laughs> save, really, right? Like it's yeah. it's but cross crease, cross crease in a yeah. matter of seconds. It's a it's a tough one. So and again, um, right in front of you. Yeah, yeah, and it was a, a great goal. Uh, Kuzmenko usually doesn't get fired up for tap-ins, right? Yeah, you'll you'll yeah, see yeah. on the power play, he'll have a stick on the ice, he'll tip it in, he won't celebrate at all. This one, he had some he had some life. He was he was fired up. Um, yeah, and good. it's 4-3, and then a minute later, Daniel Sprung scores <laughs> again, and it's 5-3. And this is the one where Tyler Myers put it up the middle, right? Like, behind? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that sounds right. Um Oh yeah, he he tried the little backhand weak pass up the middle, and then he's fall, he's on his stomach while uh, while Sprong tucks it in uh, in the back door. Oh. So yeah, it was just just Tyler Myers, you know. Wow! And just before he went, Lucas, thank you. Another donation from Lucas. Appreciate the Christmas spirit. I guess we continue to crack a few heads in Seattle. Sure, I'll I'll take that, uh, man. You if you donate, you can say any joke you want. That's great. Thank you, Lucas. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, a few minutes later, the Canucks get a power play opportunity. Uh, I don't remember what the penalty was, um, but I'm sure I can figure it out. It was a slash. Mm. Uh, Yanny Gord with a slash. Uh, and we get a Brock Besser goal. Again, right place, right time. That's yeah. how Besser scored all of his goals this year, basically, is, you know, he's been a pretty good net front guy. Uh, and, he, you know, a 
shot or slap pass from Elias Patterson right on the back uh, backhand tape. Besser tips it in, uh, and it's five four. And the Canucks have like eleven minutes of life. You know, eleven minutes left to get one goal. How did what? How'd you feel in the building after Bester scored? Do you think it was inevitable? Is he to say now or, or were you still worried at that time? I think it was one of those things where it's like, okay, it's five, four. Yeah. I don't think five goals wins this game for either team. Right. <laughs> like it was like, it was like, I think, I think the Kraken could very well score again. Right. Yeah. It's not that, you know, the Cucks are going to have their friendly gas the whole way. Um, and you know, they, there were some chances both ways, but, right. uh, as time gets a little lower, it gets a little scarier and you, you stop, you know, you're like, all right, well, they're running out of time here, but they pulled the goalie pretty early. Yes. Uh, and then they get an Elias Patterson, uh, that Elias Patterson goal. That's a sweet pass across from JT Miller. Yeah. The one timer Jones again has no chance on that. Cause it's just all the way across the ice, just a rocket pass, rocket shot. Um, just like an un- unbelievable goal. Like the place was going crazy at that point. And, and Patterson was doing like trying to fire the crowd up. Yeah. Like you don't see that very often, right? Like you could yeah. tell that he was so fired up. And then, uh, you know, I mean, it sounds like a broken record. And every time I say, and that happened right in front of you, well, and people watching would say, well, Clay, he's got a 50 50 chance if it was in front of him or not, depending on which end. But no, if you park your seats, I, if the way you explain it to me, they're actually in the corner, that same corner where all the Canucks goals were being scored from, from the the goalies left, uh, the team's right. Yeah, I was in the, the I was on the right side. I was on yeah. the correct side that game. I got to see most of the goals. Um, what on, a shot! What sides. a shot! Yeah, sweet goal. Um, we go to OT. Uh, OT was pretty action packed, but uh, no one is able to capitalize. And then, yeah, we get that shootout, uh, yeah. and Miller scores in the second round. He's so good in shootouts, JT Miller, mm-hmm. just coming in slow and picking his spot. Yeah. Um, but then Everly answered it. And then, yeah, it was kind of weird to me that Pedersen went last, um, but it worked out. And I still don't know how he got the puck under the pad of Martin Jones. Cause Martin Jones was with him that whole way. Yeah. yeah. And the pad was down and somehow the puck went under it. You even see, if you watch the replay, the ref does a goal. <laughs> like he waves <laughs> off and immediately turns it into a goal signal. Um, cause it looked like it was an easy save and it, it, you know, it took a second to get under. So yeah uh yeah five points two goals three assists and a uh and a shootout winner um after coming back from being sick for a week is uh not too oh. bad and then harm harm Dow, i know he did a nice breakdown uh in the athletic and he said yeah the way that Pedersen kind of came in slow deking then exploded to his left which would be on his forehand yeah yeah and but him. then yeah, just make the explosion. And then as Martin, you're right, Martin was with him, but he I guess he shot it with so much force that yeah, it, he just yeah, shoved it through. Wow, it was basically. so nice. And then Shorthouse, it's funny. I don't know if you heard the replay, Parker. Shorthouse lets out a very loud yes, like you could tell he was happy. <laughs> yeah, and and I the clips of it, it's it seems like that was the only part of the call. Yeah. But as Pedersen starts, he says, does Pedersen have more magic in him or something uh, like that? Okay. And then he was sort of answering his own question. Sure. But like if you watch the highlight package, it cuts it <laughs> and it just says, it's just, yes. And that's all. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I said too. What had happened? Yeah. Uh, what had happened? I, I think I, I filmed it on my phone. And oh, sweet. Fired up. You catch so. Boudreaux after the game. He said um, he actually wanted PD to shoot because the last two uh, shootouts he's deked and he's gotten stopped. But he also said Petey's very stubborn. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and he, he deserves to be yeah. uh, at that point. Um, so yeah, Canucks get, get a nice win over Seattle. 
Yeah, uh, Seattle gets a point out of it, yep. and, and they remain in the playoff spot right there, third in the in the Pacific with games in hand. Um, but they are faltering a little bit. They've only won four of their last ten. Good. Um, and then they went back to back. What we would call a scheduled loss uh, on so <laughs> many factors, right? Back to back, they yep. had to travel to Edmonton. There was, uh, you know, they couldn't, they didn't get into. They had a shootout the night before. They didn't get into Edmonton until like two a.m. Yeah. Um, uh, Colin Delia is your goalie, <laughs> right? And you're against Connor McDavid. Like you're against a fast team that should just be able to to run away from you. And that is how it looked in the first period, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's two nothing in, uh, after the first. Connor McDavid getting his thirtieth goal of the year in the first period, uh, which is a great season for most players. Yeah. Um, how many games into the year are we yet? He's they they've, played thirty five. They played thirty five. So yeah. he's going to score seventy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but either way, yeah. So uh, first period, Canucks are down two, and they looked pretty bad. So you have to help me. That, so Parker, this game I did not watch. We were at uh, Gail's relative's place, so I, I was falling on my phone as inconspicuously, uh, inconspicuously as I could. But is it true that Delia was really standing on his head for the basically the whole first period? Yeah, he was good. Um, yeah. I would like he he made some really solid saves, and it was a, it was one of those ones where you look at you like, hey, that's like uh, for a backup goalie, he is killing it, right? He's yep. doing a, like he's doing his job, and the Canucks looked bad in the first period. Mm. They they looked pretty pretty bad. Right. Um, but then you know we get to the second period, and the Canucks get some life early with a, a lucky one, right? One of those ones that. <laughs> You, sometimes you just need a bounce and for JT Miller who hadn't had a I don't think he had an even strength strength goal in like a month almost um wow. JT Miller and he has that clapper that goes like off the shoulder a mile into the air and then and then behind uh um, I think I think it actually hit Skinner's shoulder again like the, the yeah, back of his like shoulder popped obviously up, but yeah it <laughs> yeah. was wacky um and then he also uh scores uh, a power play goal to end the period um yeah. so the Canucks are at 2-2 they yeah. are now on the other side of a blown multi-goal lead. Uh, and yeah, they just come out, they come out fire. I mean, the third period, you know, Bo Horvat gets two of them, including one with, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I think on the empty net, um, you know, nice Mikheyev goal uh, yes. using his speed. Uh, just like, honestly, one of those ones that was just like a good all-around team effort where it's nice to see, you know, Horvat get four points. That'll help maybe his trade value. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, good, just a good all-around game from the Canucks. And yeah, Colin Delia, 24 20 or 31 of 33 right that's yeah. that's a pretty good night for for your third stringer yes i love what you said though parker about how it had all the makings of a, a schedule loss for sure for sure and then you could tell the longer they hung around the more they believed especially erasing that two goal deficit in the second and then did you see the celebrations after horvat and mckay scored they were pumped they mm -hmm. they maybe they knew it was christmas maybe they knew that uh, whatever that they're going to be off for three days but they really wanted this game. It, it was wonderful to see. And um, aren't they something like 10 or 11 and 2 now against um, the Pacific Division, which is Yeah, which is I awesome. think it's 11 and 2 against the Pacific, Yeah, uh, which is, yeah, a very uh, surprising stat line. Uh, yeah, they're 9, 6, and 2 on the road, right? They've been a, yeah. a good team on the road. Uh, and if you can extrapolate that road record out uh, across your entire season, that would be a great record. Um, but yep, they've been yep. just so bad at home. Talking about road records, I just saw this uh, corner of my eye here on the NHL page. Vegas, top of the Pacific Division. You know what their road record is? Uh, the way you're talking, oh, it's going to be very good. It's going to be like they're they're uh, 12, ten and two. nine. They're ten oh. and nine at home, but they're fourteen two and one on the road. <laughs> so that's why they're doing so good. Uh, wow. 
Yeah. That's well, crazy. I guess I get distracted if I lived in Vegas too. Maybe that's it. Yeah. But you think the other teams would be struggling, you know, when they come into town, but who knows? Yes. Oh, yeah. Off the top of your head. So we, we acknowledge there's two Pacific Division. I'll give you one, the, the season opener against Edmonton. What was our other loss against the Pacific? I don't um, know. I'm looking it up. So I feel like they've lost to like lodge. It's a logical they one. Lose to, they lose to Vegas. Right? They did. Okay. I was going to say Edmonton, but you said logical. Yeah, <laughs> it was at home, uh, 5-4. That was the one where we lost it. We were up 4-3 or 4-2. Uh, and then and classic. still the week, though, that we beat Colorado, then Vegas, and then San Jose. Right. So, and the Kings, yeah. And Buffalo. We could have gone six in a row there. Yeah. Could have. Didn't. Could have. Unfortunately. Um, but, so that where does that take us right now? Canucks are 33 points in 33 games. 500. Yep. Per, yep. 15, 15, and 3. Yeah. Um, Playoff bar in the West right now is 39 points with Calgary. Uh, Canucks technically have two games in hand uh, on them, but you know, yeah. points percentage wise, they're you know they're they're sitting a bit outside. Yeah. Um, you could look at a team like Seattle falling out of it. You look at a team like Edmonton uh, falling out of it as well. But I feel like you know McDavid might will them in. Um, where do you think the Athletic has the Canucks odds right now? I always overshoot this like by 20%. So I'm going to say, I was going to say 35, so 15. How about 10? <laughs> Suck, man. Yeah. Uh, 10. Yeah, they, are, they are given 10% odds right now uh, oh. to make it. Um, yeah. It's because uh, they're projecting basically four teams out of the Central Dallas, Colorado, Winnipeg, Montreal, uh, Minnesota, not Montreal. Yeah. And then Vegas and Calgary. They have, they're really high on Calgary, they're 92%. Really? Um, yeah, and then Edmonton at seventy-seven, and then LA and Seattle both at around sixty-five. Um, so basically, between Edmonton, LA, and Seattle, two of those three will make it. So they're all around two-thirds of a chance. Man, ten percent—that's even worse than my accounting grades. That's man, that's that's not good. Uh, I was going to ask you too before we jump off, or maybe we're not going to. After the the Thursday night game where PD had five points, I was thinking, man, if PD is our one C, if Miller just learns how to play defense and is a solid 2C. I'm setting this up to a Horvat trade, obviously. And then you have your fourth line of, say, Oman is your fourth line center. So then you just got to figure out what you're going to do in 3C. Is that a Lazar? Is that a this is Peterson play center? Who knows? But then I thought, uh, then I thought, yeah, then maybe you could, maybe you don't need Horvat. You could get a huge haul for him. And then he turns around and gets four points the next night, which I guess it doesn't disprove my theory. You can still get a huge haul for him. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, right? Like it's it's so it, it, centers are hard, and and JT Miller, I just don't think is a center. Every yeah. time, everything we've looked at has shown us that he's he's just a better player when he's on the wing, usually. Yeah. Um, so I am, you know, but again, I, I don't think this is this isn't really a playoff team right now, right? Like again. Yeah. Um, what you're going to sneak into the playoffs or not even you're going to, you're going to finish with 88 points and uh, miss the mark and, and pick 13th in the draft. Like it's not, it's not conducive to future success, which not much in this organization has been uh, over the last while. Um, But yeah, I think you look at, I I know someone mentioned that the Canucks schedule coming up is hard, right? This is going to be one of those stretches where, you know, two weeks from now we're looking at it and we're like, all right, well, yeah, they're done. Right. Like, I mean, we're talking like San Jose tomorrow. That's fine. Uh, they have uh, Winnipeg after that. You know, Winnipeg's a good team right now. They're yeah. in the playoff spot. 
Uh, Calgary is a good team on New Year's Eve. They got the Islanders. I don't know how the Islanders are doing. Um, not great, but better than the Canucks. You know, <laughs> uh, the Avs, the Jets, the Penguins, Tampa, Florida, uh, Carolina, Tampa, Colorado, Edmonton. Right, like they go into a gauntlet um, from basically the fifth to the twenty-first, where every team they play, I I would say is probably above the playoff bar as long as is florida above the playoff bar no they're not okay well florida would be the only exception then right right but right. florida's still good oh man so, so I'm, I'm trying to figure this out in my head so if if the Canucks they're at 500 and they have 49 games left but we we said even if you put a very modest 95 point playoff bar they got to be 13 games over 500 in their final 49 games 13 over 500 in their final 49. So like, yeah, like it's not good. <laughs> We're talking about like 30 and 17. Yeah. And two. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, in 30 of their next 49 games doesn't seem too likely, um, but it is what that's they would you, need. That's right. That's exactly what it is. 30, 17 and two or 29, 16 and f- whatever, four. four but yeah, yeah they got to get... Yeah, there's your 62 points you got to get to get to 95. Yikes. Well, they just need to keep playing teams in the Pacific. That's <laughs> really the, the key. Uh, so what do they got coming up? Let's let's do a quick yeah. preview of the week here. Three games before we reconvene on January 2nd. Yes. Uh, and that is Canucks Sharks tomorrow at home. Canucks should be a favorite here. That's I, a I win. We, it, both games against San Jose, they've been uh, exciting. They've been kind of barn burners. Both an OT. Yeah, so let's go Canucks. Canucks will win tomorrow. Uh, and then Thursday, uh, they go off to Winnipeg against the Jets. Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, oh. The Jets are looking really good right now. Um, I would say they're definitely not the favorite in this one. Um, and then they have the Flames on Saturday on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. uh, in Calgary as well. So, I, I mean, odds will be one and two. Um, but you got to hope, you know, Canucks are good on the road. They're good in against the Pacific division. Maybe they pull that game off at Calgary and we're talking about a two and one week. I agree. Hey, I didn't watch the December 17th, five, one loss against, uh, Winnipeg at home. I'm not sure if you were there or you watched it because we, we haven't done it. I don't remember sound... it. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I have blocked that one out. It doesn't sound good if we lost five, one. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh. I think there's a reason I don't remember it. I probably just zoned out and did something else for yep. <laughs> for a good chunk of that one. Yeah. So I agree with you. It, you know, the by stats, it should be one and two. But we play well against Calgary. We beat them last time we were there. So maybe we go two and one. But then that's only one game. You you gain a game, but you, you've knocked off another three. So they're going to have to basically do that. Every three games, yeah, 16 times. Yeah, they're going to have to have to be one game over 500. So They have to win the week every week. Yep. Win Just the week. like last year. They're in a better spot than they were last year because remember they were 8 15 and 2. Now they're 15 15 and 3. Yeah. So but wait, they did win a bunch of games in a row after we got hired. So they are kind of in the same yeah. in the same spot as last year. They now are, that they we got, think about it. They got to five hundred on New Year's Day, so we're a week ahead of schedule, basically. Well, who knows? They could be below it by New Year's Day uh <laughs> this year uh, again. Um but or yeah, it could be 18, 15, and 3. Whoa. Could be. Could be, and that's a playoff team right there. <laughs> Just barely. Yeah. All right. Uh, where yeah. do we go now? 
Um, well, you mentioned Canucks based conversations, any, any topics, any news coming around lately? Not really. Hey, just no, not the really, showering but I, of love on Pedersen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, we should spend a couple minutes on it. We, we titled it that, and it's, it's just, it's been wonderful to see, but it's kind of nice to have uh, no news for once. Remember there was that month where it seemed like every week there's something crazy happening between Dory and hall of fame and Besser getting scratched and then not scratched. Yeah. So Last two weeks have been kind of normal, actually, because they've only played five games. But uh, let's talk about Petey and um, just his emergence this year. Dude, okay, I can't remember. Our shows around this time last year, we weren't down on Petey, were we? we, we weren't we saying he was too good to be this bad? Yeah, that's what, yeah, is what we said. We said he's, yeah. he's too good for this to be a trend, right? Like, right. He's, he's in a slump. Like, there's no way that this affects him in, like, that far out in the future. Uh, and we were right, like emphatically correct. Uh, he is showing how, like how much he can actually be a team carrying superstar this year. Right. We're talking about a guy who in his last 82 games, I think he has 91 points, uh, Mm. and like 40 something goals. Like he is genuinely, um, you know, a a top NHL player at this point. And and that game showed it, right. You know, the game on, on Thursday where, his team is down and he just completely wills them to win the, the entire way while being sick. Um, yeah. It's uh, yeah. The Canucks are, are lucky to have him and, and they, you know, that, that bridge deal is not looking great uh, that they have him on, right. <laughs> Where he's uh, he's an RFA after next season. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be making, you know, he's going to be in the eight digits and hopefully still be a bargain at that rate. Uh, 11th tied for 11th in NHL scoring at 41 points, but in only 31 games. So not only Canucks have only played 33, but he also missed two of them. So he's tied with guys that have played 35 and 36 games in Panarin, Nuge, and Ovechkin. So picture that. He's, in essence, a top 10 scorer in the league right now. So this is kind of what we were hoping for. Slow start last year made this impossible. But yeah, I, I could I could see him hanging around this group of players for the rest of the year, for sure. Yeah, points per game-wise, he is ninth. But he's nice. behind Nick Ehlers, who has three points in two games. Uh, <laughs> so he's eighth, effectively, in the yeah. NHL of anyone who's who's played a significant amount of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's you know it's a top ten player in the NHL, and you look at centers one, two, three, four, five. He's yeah. right now he's the fifth center in points uh, in in the NHL, which is wow. which is big. And of all those, you know, he's the He's number two in like plus minus, you know, he's like the, all the stats, he doesn't have like an egregious shooting percentage, right? Under 15%. Yeah. Um, so like maybe a sl- slightly high, but he gets so many just primary assists, right? right. That's, that's his, his bread and butter. Uh, and he has way less power play points than almost everyone else on this list, right? That's weird. Like if we go by even strength points, uh, Elias Patterson is seventh in the NHL. Um, Hey, you know, because Connor McDavid has 31 or 34 power play points, uh, which is absurd. But that, you know, and then I don't know, obviously I'm not blaming Demko for for this season. But imagine if Demko had been at top of the game or even just a little bit better. Or I yeah. guess you could say that about a lot of things. But um, and then there's also nights where but maybe there's simply not enough puck to go around. But I, I would love to see a night where guys like PD Miller and Horvat all explode on the same night, or I guess maybe it's better that at least one of them does every single, you know, five for PD on Thursday, four for Horvat. But I, there's just so many things where I, that's why this team. So, and I'm trying to 
not have my blinders on and be the false optimist, but you, aside from our defense, you, you think that there's enough pieces where if everything is going there, they can at least battle, compete for a playoff spot as opposed to being whatever, six points out. It's, it's kind of frustrating for sure. Yeah. And it's just there. It's just, they allow too many goals. That's all yeah. it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, you go by goals four per game. The Canucks are eighth in the league, right? They have wow. offense. They're scoring three point four goals per game. What um, are we giving up? Uh, yeah, that's the problem. They're giving up almost four goals per game. Three point oh. eight eight, third most in oh. the NHL. Right? They have once again the worst penalty kill in the NHL yeah. at sixty eight point four percent, which isn't enough to balance out their seventh best power play. In the NHL, right? This is a this is a an absolutely lethal power play. It's a lethal offense uh, as a mm-hmm. whole. They just they can't prevent the other teams from scoring four goals in a game. Yeah, uh, and that's one of those things where if they had if they were league average in goals against per game, right, which would be like three point two, and that's a huge difference, right? Point six point seven goals per game. Uh, that adds up a lot. Yeah, times uh, three games. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's twenty twenty goals. Man, so yeah, it it's fascinating to think about his next contract because as an RFA, we can start talking to him this summer while his last year plays out. So you think he's a ten million dollar guy, eh? Oh, easy. Yeah, easy. Not, not nine, nine and a half, nine and three if, quarters. If they cannot sign him for that, I, I like look. I love that. Um, yeah. and, and maybe that is where it ends up, something like nine. Sure. Um, but I mean, this is going to be his big contract theoretically right like it should be max term uh and the cap should be going up not next year but the year after which is when it's when it's up um right we i remember looking like you look back at that Connor mcdavid contract when it got signed 12 and a half for eight years everyone's like oh he's great that's a lot of money and he is like he's so worth it right it's not his fault that the, the team construction around him is is awful Right. Um, right, right. That's why I like those, you know, sort of player cards that the athletic does where it shows you, <laughs> um, you know, how much each player is worth uh, right now. And I'll see if I can pull that up. Um, let's see if I can find it really fast. But yeah, he's not. worth a lot. I know that. But yeah, it's probably in the in the in the in the tens of millions. I would have to yeah. guess. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was thinking. I, I wanted to ask you this too on and let me know just interrupt me if you find it actually mm-hmm. um, I'll be a minute okay on Sportsnet 650 oftentimes Parker they talk a lot about contract value as in total not as in per year and they always say you know Horvat's going to want 50 million and of course intuitively the more years that that covers the less per year um, right. that that amounts to but i i, I kind of don't get that because isn't the comparable and what's important what it counts towards the cap so that's an annual figure like i i kind of yeah. get it's nice to say you're a 50 million player a 50 million dollar 60 million dollar player but i i they they emphasize it so much that i think i'm missing something or something yeah that seems weird to me as well um because yeah. like if anything it's like um yeah, I don't know. Like, unless there's like big signing bonuses and stuff like that, that that yeah. you want the money earlier. But oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but still, that that is kind of odd. Uh, Pedersen's yeah. at ten point two market value, but this was not updated uh, recently. This was updated about uh, a week ago, December nineteenth. Yeah. 
Okay. So that's before his five point game, which I'm sure brings it up a little bit. But yeah, you know, he'll he'll probably, you know, we're talking two years from now. If he if he's a 90 point player this year and next, right? Then yeah, yeah. like we're like that's a ten million dollar player nowadays for sure for number one center. Can you find McDavid's real quick? I know we did this one show ago, but I yeah. mean a couple shows ago, but just McDavid, can, just McDavid. I can try, uh, but I don't have all the links up. But I know okay. where it was. No I saw it. No Edmonton problem. Oilers, Connor McDavid. Market value. They don't even put a number on it anymore. Oh. It just says league max. <laughs> because I think the league max is like 14 something, almost 15 million. Okay. Uh, and I guess they've made it so it can't exceed that. But I think it was like 20 last time we wow. looked. So, wow. yeah, league max. Hmm. 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 So how do you feel? And before we, before we get to the World Juniors and then we can go to the people, how do you feel about this team right now? Just overall. Um, uh, if I'm frustrated, right? Like it's like, they're good. Like offensively, yeah. they're really good. Uh, they just can't put it all together. And it's, yeah. it's like the looking at how close they are to being good enough to at least like compete for a playoff spot or, or make, make it interesting, mm-hmm. but it's just the, it's the floundering, right? It's, it's those two, five, one games. And then those two, five, one games make you think back to the games that they won and like, okay, well, they were like all in overtime. And they kind of barely pulled them out and they allowed a bunch of goals anyways. Right. Like it's, it's, there's a lot of negative stuff around the team because they're, you know, they're allowing four goals a game. That's, Mm -hmm. that's really it. They're fun to watch. You know, the guys like Mikheyev, Kuzmenko, Patterson, Horvat right now. Uh, You know, it's, it's, they're a really fun team to, to be watching night in night out, Yes, but they're not a fun team to be rooting for (laughs) when they, when they lose as much as they do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I, uh, I, yeah, and I, I guess I got to stop saying, well, let's see how they're doing at the end of this week because you're simply going to run out of weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah, you, can, you can continue to go 500 pace for yeah. weeks and weeks and weeks, but eventually, yeah, you run out of weeks because 500 is not good enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of not good enough, World Juniors open today. Yeah. Um, yeah, Canada kind of got uh, kind of got run out of the building by, by the check. Um, Surprise. Look, I just what I noticed in this game is I miss NHL playoff hockey (laughs) because (laughs) just like just like I was just sitting there watching the first period and there's it's it's so fast. Mm -hmm. It is constant. Everyone is just giving 110 percent constantly. Like everyone is skating at full speed 100 percent of the time, like breakouts. There's no like, you know, everyone's sort of waiting back. One guy sort of comes, curls back in and they go like slow and like methodical through the neutral zone. It's right. Pass it up to guy at center, dump it in. Everyone's going full speed (laughs) and everyone's going full speed the other way. It was so fun. Um, But yeah, uh, uh, Canada, they they couldn't score enough, um, which is surprising with the amount of scoring talent they have. But the Czech goalie was really good um, and Canada's goalie wasn't. Uh, yeah. And that was really a, a big, uh, a big piece of that that game. Uh, they got that one hit to the head penalty that you know five minute major that that did them in, which yeah. iffy call, but I can yeah. see why they did called it. Um, and yeah, it was uh, uh, not a great performance. Hopefully, a wake up call, right? I, I don't feel as invested as I have in the past to be yeah. like yet. It's you know opening day, and I'm sure when like they play the U.S. if that comes about, then I'll be yeah. more invested because those are always fun, but. Yeah, it was uh, just not not a great um, not a great showing. And you, Parker, I was going to ask. This is so interesting. 
I only I was out, so I only caught the third period. But when I went on Twitter, no joke, the first four tweets I saw was someone complaining about the goal song, uh, not not the actual song, but the fact that they made a big deal about hiding it. Uh, another person saying, "I actually like it when Canada loses." Another person saying. I always, uh, you know, it's always nice to cheer for the underdog. Uh, so it's funny. The first three or four tweets I saw had some hint of, uh, I don't say cheering against Canada or whatever. So, and I don't know if they're just saying that because it was 5-2 at the time or whatever. But it was I was surprised to see that kind of sentiment on there. Maybe just like some Canucks fans kind of get down and, and kind of jump on the team a little bit, uh, maybe too much. Maybe it was a bit of that or maybe you yeah. just kind of, I don't know. It was kind of weird. Yeah, and it, I sort of I if it again if it was against like the U.S. or against Sweden or Finland, like one of the one of the sort of the powerhouse teams, yeah. then I'd be like, oh, we got to beat those guys. Yeah. When it is a team like the Czech or yeah. Switzerland earlier today, it's like at least it's a cool story, right? Because yeah. uh, I don't think Canada's dead in the water because of that loss, right? No, no, it's it's a bad sign, and they need yeah. to step it up. Um, but if maybe that was a game that's like they either make it through group stage or not, then I care a bit more. Right. Um, but I was also like, man, the Czech looked good. Like they looked surprisingly good. Um, I don't yep. know if you saw the the Michigan discourse. Uh, no, I didn't. I did. Someone uh, try it. Two people tried it. Fantilli what? and Bedard both tried Michigan's in the first period. Um, neither worked. Now. Obviously, you get to the panel and you get the old—I think it was like Jeff O'Neill or something, right? Like you get the older guys who are all who are like played in the league, you were bruisers or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, you're, you know, you're you're show you're you're hyping yourself up. You think you're better than you are, and all this stuff." And then I think Ray Ferraro's tweeting like, "I don't know, it's a sweet scoring opportunity." (laughs) Like they almost scored, and you look at the plays, and it's like you know Fantilli's. Uh, he probably he could have made the pass out front before it behind the net, but when he did go behind that and he executed it perfectly, defender yep. just slashed his stick, like played it well. But yeah. if he had tried a wrap around, no one's gonna be like, Oh, you're trying to wrap around, you're showboating, right? It's the same thing, but one's in the air and one's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and then Budars is pretty good as well. And, and you know, neither of them scored, but um, you know, they had the space to try it, and it right. would have been if they had done it though, everyone would have been, Oh, that's amazing, right? Yeah. Um yeah. But yeah, just I, I was getting mad just like scrolling Twitter and like, oh, well, it's 0 for 2. It's like, yeah, so are like shots from the point usually, right? <laughs> those go in 2% of the time, uh, yeah. but people keep trying those. So uh, no, yeah, you're I, right. thought was, Park, I thought it was yeah, funny. If, if it's at the expense of a, a better scoring chance, then of course, then you can question it. But no, if you're trying to make something out of nothing, then why not? And by the way, just before we get, uh, Carol, thank you for the donation. Hi, hi, Parker. Hi, Clay. I hope you both had a great Christmas. Great to see you. You back from Disneyland Clay? Well, thank you. Yes, I am back, and I hope you had a great time. I did indeed. Thank you, Carol, and thank you very much for the donation. So here's the thing, Parker. Yeah, I agree with you. This wasn't a game, you know, a, a, a tournament-deciding game. All you have to do is, is not finish last, and then you advance. Of course, the higher you finish in your pool, in, uh, conceivably, you, you're, in theory, you're facing against a lower, you know, seated team from the other side. But all the Canucks got to do is make sure they finish ahead of Austria, who lost 11-0 today. So I think we're okay. <laughs> Should be doable. Definitely should be doable. You would hope. But yeah. Uh, own one. But, you know, they they got home ice advantage. I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, this was not the most important uh, most important one. By the way, I'm looking at the Hockey Canada, uh, Hockey Canada 
standings and it's weird for every team they have their flag parker in the standings but then for canada they have the team canada logo it's so weird that is odd yeah <laughs> what do you so think I, I saw some discourse on this as yeah. well what do you think about their new uniforms the canada the canada kits as you would call it you know what? it's funny uh, uh people know i i'm not big i have a decent eye for things but i i don't study or, or get excited when new unis come out don't buy them blah, blah blah i guess they're not they're not new i think they had the red ones yeah. last year i guess i didn't, I didn't even notice until you just said something like i didn't yeah. even think of it they're pretty sweet they're pretty Do sweet they, have... they did they did you wear they did wear them last year as well okay but they have like the canada they have like the maple leaf socks and the whole like right. the whole thing they're pretty okay. they're pretty sweet okay i'll pay so I'll, I'll i'll watch the highlights again and i'll pay attention to two things the two michigan attempts that all the old guys don't like and then how they looked while doing them perfect <laughs> All right, should we go to the people? Let's do that. Um, I saw that you. Uh, I'll start with with my own. I saw you. You got to sit on the front for Splash Mountain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how was that? Well, I knew. Like, I, I played it up for Twitter. I, I knew yeah. what happens when you sit in the front, and then you know, of course, the kids uh, are saying, "Well, we need the most weight in the front to get." They have a bunch of jerks. But yeah, it was a. Uh, thank God, it was a nice day. It's yeah. 21, 22 degrees. So it's not, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to do it at 10 PM when it's 10 degrees. So it was, it was fine, but it was actually splash. It was certainly, it was wetter um, than I expected it to be. I knew the yeah. iPhone was, was relatively safe. So I got some pretty good video out of it for sure. But thank you for asking. I, I've, I've recovered. I've yeah. Recovered. No, I, I remember because we were there in March and yeah. Uh, yeah, we had the same I was like, I was like, I, we were going on. I'm like, I don't write, like, you're not going to get that. You know, you get like soaked or anything. And we had this, like, there was like an eight year old kid sitting at the front and you could see him. What They did the walk when you get off and he's kind of like doing this because you're just soaked. And uh, yeah, that was, that's that what is, it reminded, uh, reminded that me is of. Odd. Hey, are you there this past March? Just, yeah. Was Rise up yet? Yeah. Did yeah, you like it? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It was pretty Super cool. cool. Yeah, I think more rides cool. are going to become more like that, where it's a lot of CGI and it's a lot of uh, experience. Um, experience. Yeah, exactly. You kind of sit in something and it does all the work for you, as opposed yeah. to I don't know how, as opposed to uh, roll. I don't know. There's yeah, more, less, less. I think you speed know what I mean. And travel, but yes. more of a show. Exactly. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got some uh, we got some questions here, um, and it's all seems to be trade related, uh, which Let's is great. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Peter says two questions. One, what does a Horvat trade even look like? And two, is this truly his last season as a Canuck? Well, let's start with the second one because uh, I say probably. I do too. Uh, so, what do you think a Horvat trade looks like? I mean, we've heard that we've heard rumors that they want players, right? Yes. They want young players, and there's a, a lot of people who are like, "Well, you should get draft picks," and it's like, "Well." those end up being players like you know it's it's kind of the same thing if they're one or two years older uh but i also think that I, I also think that i think i've told you this before and I, I know i've vlogged about this the term hockey trade like i get it they're saying trade for players that can play now as opposed to a right. draft or process but it, it, of course they're all hockey trades because we're playing hockey but it uh, i digress i think it looks like it sounds like they want two at least two guys that can they can plug in now a center and a defenseman so maybe maybe a trade for horvat i don't well it depends on who's coming back obviously it depends on their contract situation but maybe they're looking at two guys that are in their mid you know early to mid 20s and a future so maybe two or three assets i think i, I don't think you're getting more than that but that's i think what they want yeah we're we're so used to like a first round pick being a part of every big yeah. player trade 
Uh, and, you know, if that isn't included, you know, people think of it as kind of like a failure. Were you think about, you know, a contending team, first round picks in the 20s uh, or yep. whatever. And, you know, that's that's usually not, you know, it might not be the most valuable piece that you can get. Right. Yeah. Uh, unless you're getting multiple of them or unless you're getting them from the Denver Broncos. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that, you know, going with, you know, if, if there's some, you know, really highly touted prospect that you can pull. Right. Then that's just as good as having like a higher pick. Um, but yeah, I think I think it'll be a handful of decent pieces and and something that maybe you can either flip or maybe you can, you know, hope that you can develop into you know, good players in the future. Yeah. Are you fine with it being a quote hockey trade as opposed to a picks and prospects trade? Sure. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. As long as the value is there. Right. Yeah. You know, again, if it's a 20 year old player who's looking really good compared to a, a mid of the first round draft pick, like, again, it's just a two year difference. Um, it's not that much of a difference. Nope. Good answer. Good answer. I really like this question by Sammy. What is a realistic trade package for Kuzmenko? It's not often that a near point per game player on an entry level contract is available for trade. I like this question, Parker, because uh, lost and missed all this Horvat talk is what are we gonna do with this guy because <laughs> um he's gonna be a UFA and uh are we gonna have money? I guess part of moving Horvat is we will have money if we wanted to do something like re-sign Kuzmenko some are saying as, yeah it could be as high as five and a half to six others saying maybe four and a half to five whatever it's gonna cost more than three and a half to four so yeah, if it's five and a half to six, I'm saying just take it and run. Like you yeah. keep them. Like, I, I, that seems like such a steal yeah. for a guy who's a point of game player. Uh, he has looked fantastic. He's a yeah. fan favorite already. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's literally, you know, the, the athletic player card, his market value is $7.6 million right now. Wow. Right. So if we're talking five and a half for a handful of years, right. Like mm -hmm. something like the Horvat contract from before, yeah. um, I think that is a that is a it's a slam dunk, right? You just get it done, you keep them, um, and yeah, you you have a good player for years to come. But if do you, you do have to trade him, I think I think so. I think they're smart yeah. enough to realize that if it's like five and a half million bucks or whatever, yeah. that you're you're probably getting good value to that, right? This is the same group that signed Mikheyev to five million dollars, basically, yeah. right? And for a player who isn't as good seemingly at this point. <laughs> as Andre Kuzmenko, even though he is, has been good. Um, but yeah, if they do have to go the trade route, though, I mean, yeah, we're talking about a, a point-per-game winger who has no cap hit, right? Mm -hmm. That late in the year, retain half. Why not, right? Retain yep, yep. 475K, right? Like We're literally talking about uh, zero cap hit. Um, that could be uh, have a ton of value um, mm -hmm. for any team. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, and, and, and there's something to be said about uh, he can be to PD what we hope Besser would be. Basically, his running mate. They're, they're, they seem attached at the hip, at least on the ice. A lot of times you see one guy's name on the score sheet scoring. It's the other guy setting him up, getting the assist. So, um, yeah, not only the fact that he's he's doing these points, but you, when you look situationally, I, I look at it as a, a positive, not a, not, a, not a negative. It's not like, oh, let's see what he can do without, without PD. It's no, let's keep him with PD. <laughs> right, because it's it's working for Petey too, right? Yes, it's uh, yeah, uh, the two of them together, right? You've seen McKayev with them, it's worked. You've seen Lane Peterson with them, and it's worked. Yeah, right. So you know him and and Patterson seem to be you know you, lots of people put 
players in pairs, right? You know, you have yes. sort of two, you have four pairs of players that you want to keep together, and you have supplementary pieces for each one, right? Mm-hmm. A Pedersen Kuzmenko pair seems fantastic and yeah. seems like a, a great pair that you would love to have on that first line um, for a few years for sure. Yep, I agree. I agree. Hey, I'm going to do this one real quick just because I, I want to acknowledge. Uh, I'll do double whammy. Justin, favorite memory of the trip. It was the very first ride we went on because it was the first time in four years that we did something and it just made me smile. We did Guardians of the Galaxy and we did that many, many times. And then uh, your actual hockey question over under OEL. I'm going over uh, because coming into his first season with the Canucks, we knew that he was basically a 40 to 45 point uh, a season guy, 0.5 points per game. He's on that pace right now. I think if he stays healthy, that he he actually is going to hit 40 points. What do you say, Parker? I take the under. Yeah. He hasn't hit 40 since 2019. It's not that long ago. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I was surprised to see that he already has 15 points, that he has on a 40-point <laughs> pace. That seems a little bit high. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think maybe he settles somewhere on like the 33 range, 32, 33 points, um, sure. but somewhere around there. Very fair. Very fair. All right. Um, what else do we have? Angus saying, do you think Tyler Myers will ever be a healthy scratch this season? Wow. They've, they've scratched Besser. No, they're going to. They've scratched Garland. They've scratched Kuzmenko. Are those the big ones up front? Yeah, and then on the back end, they've scratched everyone, basically, right? Bear's been scratched, Dillman's been scratched, Bros has been scratched. Yeah, well, yeah, they've, they've scratched the bottom three. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Which is most of them. Yeah. <laughs> they're all at the bottom. Um, does he get scratched? I think he'd have to have a real bad couple of games. Yeah. We're, like, he's eaten up like 20 minutes a night or more. Yeah. He's, hey, a, don't look, he's a plus don't, five. Oh, I was going to say, okay, you I saw yeah, up, That yeah. surprises me. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, he's statistically is one of their better defensemen analytically he's not right um who scores first him or hughes (laughs) uh i think tyler myers scores first just because that's because the hockey world makes no sense um yeah i could see him getting scratched at some point but i doubt it yeah i would see him scratch parker at the end of the season more to get a young guy in as opposed to uh uh a performance related one, but you never know. You never right. Know. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's like, who are, who are you putting in, in his place? Right. Because right now it's a Stillman or a Burroughs, yeah. uh, maybe Travis Dermott, but again, then you're still, it's Stillman or Burroughs in the sixth spot who you'd have to want in instead of yeah. Myers. So yeah, it does, just doesn't seem that likely. Sure. I'm going to show my ignorance here. Uh, Gravity who uh, loves a smart kid. Uh, thought Alex Winberg, Ryan Donato, Will Borgen and a 2023 first was enough for Horvat. So four assets. I don't think bottom sixers are worth almost a 60 goal pace. Yeah, there's there's not a name in there that gets me super excited, I must admit. No, Wenberg's fine. Yeah. But like, you know, he's fine. I mean, he's a UFA after next season as well. Okay. Right? Um, so I don't know if that helps that much. He's getting paid yeah. four and a half. Um, you know, Will Borgen doesn't do anything for me. Uh, Ryan Donato, I think has gotten, has he gotten worse? Yeah. He's, he has 10 points in 28 games, right? Yeah. Bottom six at this point. And Seattle's first will be at this point somewhere in the probably 15 to 20 range. Right. And if we're talking about, you know, adding up a bunch of pieces like in, in NHL, in the, in the video games, right. Or you're like, you keep just adding (laughs) like small pieces until it finally says accepted. 
right uh, eventually you know you, the sum you know it stops being worth it right if it takes you know four pieces in this case to add up to Bo Horvat well yeah. none of those four pieces are probably very good um I would rather them trade for like two pieces that are both better right um mm. instead of having a bunch of you know like you can get a Ryan Donato in free agency you can get a Will Borgen in free agency yeah uh, the first is is nice um yeah. but Again, yeah, fifteen to twenty pick. Um, maybe you can use that as as currency elsewhere, um, and you could sort of use. I, I think that would be a trade where that's the first of a chain, right? Yeah, you're then also trading Ryan Donato, or maybe you're saying, "Okay, hey, Ryan Donato, you are now our three C behind PD and Miller, uh, and then we're gonna flip Alex Wenberg or or right. something along those lines, um, or the opposite, right? Um, but I I don't think. I don't know. I don't think it makes you a better team in the future, right? We're yeah. doing Donato's 26, uh, Wenberg's 28. So I think Wenberg was the same draft class as Horvat. Um, and Donato was the year following. Um, mm. That's not, you know, that's not super conducive to getting younger uh, and being more, being competitive, um, you know, sort of growing into a competitive core. Right, right. I'm going to have to check out, I don't know if Gravity did a whole video on Horvat trade proposals but well, that would be interesting to me to see i always like to hear what people outside of this market think about him and and just kind of i don't know if you ever do this parker i think i've told you this i love after a canucks win to watch the the post-game press conference of the opposite team's coach mm. <laughs> just yeah, to see if sure. they they actually give the canucks uh any credit, credit or if yeah. they say it's their team right i don't know yeah. i'm just i'm kind of petty that way <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Justin says, do we leave Hoaglander and Pod Colson in Abbey for the rest of the year develop properly if no further injuries uh, obviously need uh, necessitate one of them being called up? Uh, I have no problem doing that. I don't either. I, yeah. So Pod Colson has played 11 games down there. He's got seven points. So he's doing absolutely fine. Yeah. Hoaglander's just played two games down there because uh, he was obviously sent down after. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doesn't have any points, but he has a plus two. Um, yeah, look, they're you know, Paul Colson's twenty one, Hoagland is twenty two. Yep. These are these are the guys that you want to have be, you know, good pieces for you in the future, right? Yeah. Um, and if it you know, were they contributing much to the team right now? No. Right. Do you need them right now? No. Because you're not really in the mix. Right. Um, and you'd probably rather have a you know, a Sheldon Dries in there than than one of these guys right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you you get them ice time. You get them confident. You you get them you know working on being a, a top line player down there, and then hopefully that can uh, translate. And I know we talked about this uh, two shows ago or three shows ago, Parker. Tage Thompson. We know what he's doing right now. Uh, he is a first round pick, late first round pick. His first season, nine points. Second season, twelve points. Third season, he played one game. No points. Fourth season, he only had 14 and 38, and he didn't explode until his fifth full season when he went yeah. 68 in 78. So, yeah, exactly what you said. Parkholz is only in his second year. I'm not saying Justin was complaining at all. He was just asking us. To, yeah, as, to that point, I have no problem with them getting more reps down in Abbotsford. Yeah, fully, yeah. fully agree. Yeah. All right, any more you want to take? Uh, we have one minute left. And what's everyone doing? Like we had half the show was like 40, 50 people. Now we're about to wrap up. We, we crested near a hundred. <laughs> yeah. It spiked at 10 30 and I have no idea why it just shot up. 
Um, and I forgot to, I don't think either of us tweeted it tonight too. Nope, that was our. Sure our, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're rusty. So if you haven't we, yet, hit the like button. Do that. That's true. Thank you. Uh, Carol asks, because I, oh, this is a good question because I want to know too. How is Dermot doing? Yes, he's fully cleared to play, Carol. So that's a good, good, good sign. But he was knowing that the Canucks only had a few games. He was actually sent to Abbotsford. Can you check, Parker? Has he actually played or is he just doing practicing with them? Because it's a conditioning stint. Uh, he he played one game, it looks like. Okay. I can't prove it. It says he's played one game. I don't know if that was now. It had to have been now. Um, right. So, yeah, I think I think he's allowed to. I don't know exactly how it works. It's like you get like a week or something or three games maybe on a conditioning right. stint. Um, right. so I imagine he'll, he'll play a couple of games down there. Um, either that, or we see him called up tomorrow, right? It could be one of those things where, you know, they wait till the day of make a quick flip and then, and then we see Dermot in line tomorrow. Awesome. And just as we wrap up uh, two real, really, really quick ones. Cause I think it's really good. Virtual reality says a hockey trade refers to a classic pre-cap trade as opposed to more modern and boring cash cap transaction. That, that's fair. Thank you for that. And lastly, um, I just want to show. Oh, where'd it go? Oh, when I was asking about gravity and Horvat says he did a whole video and it was released ten days ago. Um, okay, I will look that up. Thank you, Jaskarin, because uh, always good to hear what other people have to say about our guys. Excellent. Yep. All right. Well, that's it for twenty twenty two. We are going to wrap up there. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, which most of you did, because the viewership spiked at like 1040, 1035, uh, you can rewind back to the beginning and, and catch up where we talked uh, about you know, the last two Canucks games and uh, Annalise Patterson and World Juniors. Um, or you can find it on your favorite podcast platform in a matter of you know, 10, 15 minutes or so. Uh, Clay, any parting words this evening? Parker, is great to be back. It was, uh, it was great to, to reconnect and to... We got through the little dull part of the season, well, at least from a, a sparsity of games, sparsity of games. So yeah, I'm at the game tomorrow night with my family, which I'm excited mm-hmm. about, a chance to spend even more time with them, even though we were together for a full week. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for to see what happens for these last three games, as we talked about winnable, but uh, it'll be quite challenging. But um, I want to thank everyone for their support over the past, as you said, a year and eight months now coming up in two years. Pretty exciting stuff. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Have a good new year. We'll see you next time.